You filled your belly. I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Now fill your brain with lightning knowledge. What can I do to speed the whole thing up, doctor? This is Lightning Lunch, a full hour of lightning talk with lightninginsider.com's Eric Erlinson. Did you see the memo about this? On Lightning Power Play. Good afternoon. Welcome to this special edition of Lightning Lunch, Lightning Power Lunch, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, the quarantine version edition of the show here on Lightning Power Play. I am Eric Rowlandson from lightninginsider.com. And uh, we decided we had to bring in some some special guest. And uh, everybody else was booked up. So we brought in Greg Linelli to join the show here. Uh, hey, as well. hey, <laughs> I'm on the air with you. I can hear everything you're saying. Connor, you're supposed to have that potted down. He wasn't supposed to hear that part. <laughs> um, Is Connor screwing up again? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Usually I'm the one who screws him up. That's kind of how the, the uh, relationship works I didn't here. want to say anything, but that's a good point by you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm like Eminem. I can rip on myself before you have a chance to do it. So. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, no, this is uh, we're going to call this the quarantine edition of uh, Lightning Power Play here. Um, we'll be on with you today, and uh, we expect that that will continue on into next week. But instead of a solo show, it's going to be with myself and Greg and as always, we'll take your comments, we'll take your questions, we'll take your concerns. As, as we know, the NHL is on pause. Um, you would have to think, though, Greg, and we'll start with this, that based on the NBA coming out last night, Commissioner Adam Silver saying that it's at least 30 days. We know MLS, Major League Soccer, is shut down for at least 30 days. You would have to think, and nobody in the NHL has said this, that it's probably a minimum of 30 days. Do you get that sense? You do. But I, I will caution everybody, these people that are coming out with projections, they have no idea. They don't. They have no idea. I know you said 30 days, and that, that, could, be, that could be right. Um, I think this probably goes longer than shorter, for sure. Um, you know, the Masters looks like it's delayed or canceled, uh, from what I'm reading now, coming through the Twitter feed. And I guess Gary Bettman made some comments, some more comments, um, Ian. You know, he's basically saying that uh, nobody knows how long the hiatus may be. Nobody, even the medical community, can predict with certainty. And what we're going to do is we're going to be modeling every conceivable alternative so that when it's appropriate to go back to work, we will know what our options are. I think that's the real question. Wow. What do you do when this thing is two or three months still in and you're not back playing? Because now you get into a situation where are players even training? Well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I mean, I'm sure with with athletes, we know that they're going to be doing something. But what type of shape will they be in? It's it's a it's a valid point. It's a, and this is why. Like I was thinking about this last night, and uh, when 9/11 hit, and it was supposed to be my it was my first year on the beat with the Tampa Tribune covering the team. When that happened, there was just this complete sense of the unknown. You know, you didn't know. What the, what the world was going to react to that, how all that was going to happen, where we're going to be plunged into war. You know, all flights were canceled, and I heard a, a flight over, you know, I was obviously probably a military jet from McDill, over my head, and you're like, holy crap, what's going on? You know, there was, I kind of had the same sort of feeling last night because we just don't know. We can say 30 days, That's I think that's just a minimum timeline that we have to kind of look at. Um, but you're right, I mean, this could easily go two to three months, and, and I think that's what has a lot of people... 
and not just in the sports world, but this, it, nobody knows how this is going to play out. And, and if you get to a two- to three-month, I mean, we're March now. You're talking into June before you try and resume in the, series, the season. At that point, at that point, you just have to probably just devoid the season. You don't award a winner. This is no, well, the Bruins have the top best record, so we're going to award them the Stanley Cup. No. You just have to vacate the season, similar to 0405 when there wasn't a season, and going back to 1919 when they had to cancel it because of the Spanish influenza. So I think I think we need to ask an interesting question here to start, um, and you know it, it's somewhat sports related because it is affecting everything that we're doing right now, and obviously we're focused on sports. But why do you think there is such a panic with coronavirus? as opposed to other things we've seen in the past. The, and I'm going to give you my opinion on it. I, I want to get your, get your feedback on this and our audience as well. Well, when the med- – I actually – Oh, go ahead. Well, let, let, me, let me tell yeah, you. you the the reason well, – so we had the swine flu, right? And that was in some ways pretty devastating. And there were some fatalities for sure. But there wasn't this panic that I can remember, that I can, at least to what it is now. And I'm wondering, is it all about the wording? In other words, if the coronavirus had flu in its word, would we change our perception in terms of how we would be acting as opposed to the swine flu, which did have an effect on people from a, a death perspective? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to kind of read people's minds uh, when it comes to that. Um, because I know we call it a coronavirus, but so many people have talked about it. It is a strain of the flu, and and it is. I, I think what has people so spooked is that the medical community can't keep up with it. The medical community has fears over it. When the World Health Organization starts talking about, you know, labeling it a pandemic uh, worldwide, and you know, it, like even if it was just even if the word flu was in there. I think the rate at which this thing is spreading and how quickly it ha- is spreading all around the world, even though Italy has closed off its borders and you know people stopped going to Asia because of the outbreak in China, the fact that it spread so fast, uh, I think that's what has everybody spooked. So I don't know if using the word flu in there would change the perception much at all because of just how fast it is. Like. Sure, the, the swine flu and the bird flu and, and these other ones that have come up in, in recent memories, uh, SARS, it didn't spread like this, right? Like it didn't become so rapidly um, that it would go to the 10 people would get it within, um, you know, an hour or whatever. It, it's I, I think that's what has everybody spooked on this. It could be, for sure. I was talking to a, a doctor friend yesterday, and look, we all know doctors. And you know what? Probably at some point, maybe next week, we'll try and get somebody on that can – talk about this because I feel like there's conflicting reports when it comes to the medical profession. Yep. Uh, but, you know, this friend of mine who's been in the business uh, for a long, long time, he can't understand why people are reacting this way. He believes this is nothing more than the flu. He also is talking to a few of his, his uh, colleagues and they feel the same way. But there are other people who don't. And I, I find that very, very interesting as we all try to monitor this. Because as you just said, a lot of people have said this is a form of the flu. But then you have other people who said, no, it, it's not. And then, then you start talking about, okay, well, who does this really affect? 
you know, the, the people that really have to be concerned are people with medical conditions or the elderly. All right, well, that's kind of like what you, you would look at for the flu in terms of who would affect the most. But I, I think, to me, what's the most interesting out of all of this and why people are panicked in addition to what you said is that the hospitals can't keep up with all of the people coming in to get checked out. There's not enough equipment that they're having. In Italy, they're having to make some hard decisions when it comes to the intensive care. Do we take care of the young or do we take care of everybody? And, you know, they're making, they're making those decisions. We've, we've got to take care of the young first and then the elder, elder, elderly second. So I think that's interesting. I also think, too, this is going to open up our eyes a bit to how much we were relying on China for a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be one of the benefits of this when it is finally figured out. But I do think, for me, what I find more uncomfortable is not necessarily the virus in and of itself, but how maybe unprepared we are to see people in the emergency rooms or in the hospitals. Well, that's been a growing concern for years, not even just this, right? How overcrowded, especially ERs uh, and emergency rooms get to. And, and a lot of that is because people just don't know where else to go if they're sick or whatever. I mean, emergency rooms are supposed to be just for emergencies. But, you know, you see people coming in because they have a cough. My wife sees it all the time, you know, where she teaches. Uh, and she teaches in a lot of low-income um, schools. And, you know, she hears about that all the time, that, that they just, you know, they just go to the emergency room because they don't have insurance for the most part. And uh, so the overcrowding part of hospitals, I think, is a growing concern. This is just, I think, bringing it to light. Um, but, you know, you, that, and that's to your point about conflicting reports. Like, don't ask me how I ended up on um, uh, the Jimmy Fallon show last night, but I did mm -hmm. after the news came on. And he had Dr. Oz on. And Dr. Oz was talking about, you know, because of the reaction now, uh, of so many people and the understanding of the you know the social distancing and and all those buzzwords and the flatten the curve and all that he's actually encouraged by the response right now how quickly that they've reacted and that they might have a better chance now of getting a hold of this uh, and trying to um, limit that and and restrict or you know bring down the number of people because look this number is going to go much much higher. If what's happened in China and Europe or any indication, it's going to go much higher in this country before it starts mm -hmm. to go down. But, you know, over the, the in the bigger picture, he was encouraged uh, by how much uh, the response has been the last couple of days to stop the spread of this. And that's what this is all about. This whole cancellation of all these sports. This isn't a panic situation by the NHL, the NBA. MLB, all these sports. This is about restricting contact with everybody so that they cannot uh, be in close proximity to transfer it from one person to another. That's what this is all about, and I think that's where some of the encouragement has to yeah. come in, that this will eventually, it's just a question of when, start to for die sure. down. So to that point, I want to get to this tweet, and then we'll get to Brian Burns, beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning in our next segment. When we start talking about the athletes who – maybe can't practice or aren't practicing and they're basically being told to stay away and you know what else are you going to do bob asks he he goes it appears teams are not practicing as a team or meetings have players returned to homelands nba saying at least 30 days so assuming 45 days at least so many questions i think that's the other thing too it's one thing to sit here and say let's say in a couple of months they figure this all out they have it under control but what type of shape, going back to the previous point, are these athletes in? And will the NHL look at this and say, 
you know, if we're about to begin the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are the most intense playoffs out there, and these guys haven't exactly been going uh, full bore in their training regimen, while they may be fresh, they might not be in tip-top shape. Do you just say, screw it, let's, let's just play the games? Or do you give them a little bit of a grace period to almost have like a, a post-training camp? Well, you go back to 12-13 is probably the best model for this when the lockout shortened season was restricted to 48 games. I think they had 10 days of training camp, you know, to get ready for the season. And, you know, some players have been over in Europe playing, and but there had been a lot that hadn't. They'd just been training on their own. So I think we're kind of – that's probably the model that we would have to look at. I don't think you're just going to jump – right back into it. I think you're going to have to give the players uh, at least a week to kind of get their skates under them a little bit and, and get their uh, legs under them a little bit, depending on the sport. Uh, so I, I think that's where it has to go. And as far as uh, the situation with teams, yeah, there's no organized team practices. There are no organized team meetings. You would have to think, uh, especially in the case of the Lightning, that they were told to go home and stay home for a period of 14 days, which is about the normal quarantine period, whether you feel healthy or not. Uh, do what you can to stay in shape. But uh, my understanding is, and, and we saw this on a tweet from Darren Dreger a little bit earlier, that players are being told to stay in their home cities, don't return home unless there's a family emergency that forces you to go home, or unless you're in a temporary housing situation, like if you're in a hotel, then that's a little bit different. But for the most part, I think they're trying to restrict the travel of the players. They're trying to keep the people that they come in contact restricted because, and I talked about this yesterday, if you can find a way, and I don't know if there's an answer to this, to have the players be somewhat free and clear of symptoms and the staff members free and clear of symptoms, at the worst case scenario, well, this maybe might be best case scenario, you could still play games with nobody in the stands. You can. You can, and you can recoup some of that money. Yeah. Right? Well, broadcasting money for sure. That's what all this comes back to at the end of the it day. It does, no doubt. All right, Brian Burns, beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll talk to him about this whole situation because everybody's trying to navigate through, and uh, we'll talk about it with Burnsy when we return. He's Eric Gerlinson. I am Greg Linelli, and you're listening to it all right here on Lightning Power Play. Oh, we've got more Lightning talk for you. Unbelievable. Get a heaping helping of hockey with Lightning Lunch. It's your window to wait game. On Lightning Power Play. All right, welcome back to this special quarantine edition of Lightning Lunch, Power Lunch. Here on Lightning Power Play, uh, whatever it is we want to call it. We'll have to come up with a name, uh, myself and Greg Linelli, uh, as we kind of get you through the pause in the NHL schedule with uh, some uh, quality topics. <clears throat> And some goofiness, probably, as well. Who's but we going are. On there with the officials? <laughs> Who's the officials in this case? Is Connor the official in this case? Yeah, that's that's why it's so bad. <laughs> All right, but we are uh, we are pleased right now to be joined by Lightning beat reporter uh, for TampaBayLightning.com, Brian Burns. And uh, Burnsy, what's the last 24 hours been like on on your end? Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy. I mean, it was a. Uh, watching that that basketball game on ESPN when everything started happening within five to ten minutes and I think I went to bed that night thinking well maybe we're just going to shut down the arena and have the games in front of no fans and then realizing that we had been in some of these cities where this guy who had you know contracted coronavirus had been the night before 
started thinking they might have to just shut this whole thing down. And I think the next morning when I woke up, it was pretty much, you know, inevitable when you saw everything that was being canceled, you were just kind of waiting for the official announcement, but uh, just kind of felt like that was an inevitability at that point. Um, so yeah, we're all just kind of sitting around waiting just like everybody else for kind of what the next move is. Burns, do you think the longer this goes, the chances of them playing again this year becomes uh, smaller and smaller? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think there's probably a, a certain date where, you know, if we can't get games in by this point, uh, it's logistically not going to be able to work. Either you're going to come up, you know, too late in the summer or too close to the, the front end of the next season. And you know, I guess you could maybe try to shorten next season and, and start that one a little bit later. But, you know, at a certain point, they're going to have to decide, you know, can we get these games in? Can we maybe just start at the beginning of the postseason and go from there? Or is it just too late and we're going to have to cancel everything? So I don't know what that date is. I'm sure they probably have a, a decent idea of what that is. But the way, you know, as fluid as this thing has been and the changes that we've seen over the last 24 to 48 hours, uh, you know, I'm sure that date might be a little bit in flux as well. Yeah, it's definitely got to be a moving target. Uh, and, and right now it's probably stagnant instead of, a moving target, but at some point it because it does become a moving target, and I guess that's where you, we start to talk about scenarios. Okay, if we get to this date, can we do it this way? If we get to this date, can we do it this way? I know there's been a lot of talk about, well, you could play seven, ten, eight, nine for a play-in game, and the top six seeds are safe. Uh, you could resume the schedule. You could shorten the playoffs. Maybe the series are best of five until you get to the Stanley Cup final, best of seven. I, I mean, what what? What are some of your thoughts on how that could kind of play out as we look forward to hopefully the return of the NHL? Yeah, I mean, the best one for me, I think, is just kind of call it the end of the regular season right now. You know, if you're not able, you know, obviously they'd like to play these games if possible. And if, you know, two, three weeks from now we decide, hey, it really isn't as bad as, as we thought it was going to get. Everything seems to be contained. You know, the health officials are saying you can go back out there and play and it's okay to – either play these in, in front of empty stands or in front of spectators, then I think you would try to get every game in that you can. But uh, I think if the end of the regular season isn't a possibility, I, I like the idea of just starting right from the playoffs, right where the standings are now, and then kind of having the, the play-in scenarios uh, between some of those teams that are you know fighting to get into a playoff spot or are right on the cusp of a playoff spot right now. Uh, then the other teams that are kind of solidly in, those are, I guess, maybe getting a first-round buy. So I like that scenario. I think that kind of makes a lot of sense. Bernsey, does this help Tampa Bay in any capacity with their injured players? I know other teams will probably be experiencing the same thing, but I think the Lightning, when completely healthy, are better than most teams when they're completely healthy. Does this benefit Tampa Bay at some point, or do you think the advantage is uh, pretty minimal? No, I think it definitely does. And it's funny, my, uh, you know, I'm telling everything to my wife as all this is breaking out. Uh, what was it, late Monday night or, no, I guess it was Wednesday night. And uh, she's telling her mom, and the first thing her mom says is, well, this will give Stamkos time to get back and be ready for the playoffs. So, you know, and I look on Twitter and I see that same sentiment out there. And sure enough, that's definitely going to help Steve, uh, Steven Stamkos with, you know, his recovery from the surgery that he had going to help Jan Ruda he's going to be able to you know probably be good to go once we resume play here uh you're really going to get all of the pieces it's, it's good for Victor Hedman obviously he's taken a beating here the last couple games has missed a couple uh the last contest so 
Uh, it's going to give them advantage for sure. It's going to give everybody else in the league an advantage too. Some of these teams are pretty banged up at this point of the season. So uh, it probably just washes everything out at that point. But, you know, if you're looking at everybody's healthy roster, I think, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a pretty darn good one uh, and probably have one that could potentially challenge for a Stanley Cup. Okay, we're joined here by Brian Burns, beat writer for TampaBayLightning.com on this quarantine edition of Lightning Power Play. And, uh, Burns, you had a chance to talk to Alex Kaloran on a conference call yesterday with a couple of other media members, and people can catch that on the uh, the website. But uh, what was kind of the tone with, with Alex as you guys talked to him? Was Did he seem to be in a state of shock, or, um, you know, how did he kind of deal with things? Yeah, I think, you know, everybody's kind of in the same boat here. You know, we, we saw how things unfolded. Uh, the, the Wednesday night, and you just felt this inevitability that, that we're probably not going to play this season anymore. And I think, you know, everybody's probably refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds to see, you know, what's the next bit of news that's going to come out, you know, from that time when they, uh, you know, postponed that NBA game and then canceled the entire season to, you know, when the uh, the NHL made the announcement yesterday afternoon. So, you know, I think they're, the players are pretty much in the same, same boat that we are. They don't know you know, exactly what's going to happen. They've just been told to kind of, you know, hang out, you know, at their, at their places for a little bit. There's going to be uh, some notice from the league here pretty soon about when they can start working out They're They're talking about uh, it's going to be a situation kind of like when guys start trickling in from, from the off season and they start having informal skates over in Brandon, you'll probably see uh, when it's, uh, available to them or when they're allowed to, that they'll be having some, some groups of guys going over and skating on their own, you know, not full scale practices, but uh, just small groups of guys uh, maybe taking shifts over there, working out on their own and, and just trying to stay sharp for, for when the, uh, the season does resume and hopefully resumes. So Bernsey, what is, what is the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay lightning and your significant other do now that you have maybe a little bit more time on your hands. Is it uh, Netflix, Amazon? What are you What are you going to be doing? Well, unfortunately, that long list of chores and things that need to be done around the house that builds up, you know, throughout the season. And, Good point. Yeah, you know, I have that built-in excuse excuse of well, there's a game tonight, or I'm going to go on the road. I'm not going to be here. I don't have that excuse anymore. So this morning, I mowed the grass. I got to figure out, you know, how I can get out of some of these other chores that I've got built up. Uh, but other than that, yeah, we're just kind of hanging out here at the house. She actually works from home uh, a lot of the day, so she's here on a, a Skype call in the other room with her company. So, you know, we're still working. We're just uh, we're doing it from home, a little bit more comfortable here, so it's not too bad. Yeah, I protect the uh, the work level will probably be rather low, <laughs> at least for the beginning, uh, until you start to get bored of each other and you start to find things. Don't worry, my wife has uh, already started to put together a list as well because next week is spring break, so I can't imagine what that's going to look like on my end. Uh, Burns, I do have to ask you this. Uh, you were on the road trip with the team, and what was your reaction when you found out that it was a Utah Jazz player that was uh, tested positive and you found out that you guys had followed right behind the Jazz on consecutive games? I mean, what goes through your mind as somebody who was with the team in that situation um, when you start to hear that news? Yeah, I mean, I think I probably... Uh, someone on Twitter had posted it. I hadn't really put it together yet. You know, I was just kind of shocked at the season. The NBA season had stopped, and uh, I saw that and saw the dates that we were in there. And, yeah, I'm thinking about all of the, the locker room corridors that we walked through, you know, all the, the locker rooms that we got into, the, 
you know, just going through security where, uh, you know, you have to go through a metal detector and you have to put all your stuff into a little, uh, you know, a change tray. Uh, you know, those guys, those guys were there the night before. You're touching your cell phone. I'm sure all your germs are on your cell phone, and now you're putting your cell phone in the same place where a contaminated cell phone could have possibly been. So, yeah, this thought definitely ran through my mind. And, uh, you know, we came into work yesterday. When we came in, there was still uh, – everything was still status quo at that point for the Lightning. They were still expecting to have a morning skate. There was going to be player availability. The game was still on. Uh, so I'm going to work – you know, covering to cover a game. Uh, and then we got to a point where everything was going to be on hold. Um, and I, you know, we had some meetings where we were, you know, talking with people within our own company where like, what's our next move? What are we going to do? I didn't necessarily feel comfortable uh, attending those movie, uh, meetings with people that, that hadn't been on that road trip. Cause I didn't know if there was a chance that maybe I could have picked it up. Maybe I was being extra cautious, but I just didn't want to, uh, be responsible for that. We had an all staff meeting yesterday afternoon uh, where they talked uh, a little bit about just what was happening. And I didn't really, it was optional. And uh, they had made that pretty clear that all of these things are optional. So you don't feel comfortable. Please don't attend. Uh, so that was, I felt like I probably shouldn't be there confined in a space where people that hadn't been on that road trip where I could have potentially been exposed. I, I, I feel fine now. I actually had picked up a cold when we went to Las Vegas uh, kind of like a 24-hour cold thing. Uh, now I have sinuses. I come back into, into Tampa, and that oak pollen really gets to me. It has ever since I moved down here, like 15 years ago. Every year about this time of year, that oak pollen really uh, makes my eyes itch. It makes me sneeze. It makes me cough. And now every time I sneeze, I look at, you know, people are looking at me a little sideways. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's just it's, it's allergies. It's not, you know, it's not what you might think it is. So it's a bad time to have allergies right now. But other than that, I feel pretty good. I wanted to ask you one more question, Annie. Maybe we can get into this a little later on. Just I'm curious, and it's just you know opinion based. I don't know if there's any way we can measure it. But which, which sports league do you think suffers the most with this shutdown? Because we've seen several, right? We've seen the NBA, we've seen the NHL, we've seen the NCAA tournament, which is huge this time of year. Uh, does anything stick out for you in terms of? You know, when you take a look at the leagues that are shutting down, which one may have maybe a little bit more damage to the other one? I don't know. I got to think maybe the NCAA just with canceling all of March Madness and what a, a gigantic moneymaker that is uh, for that entity, especially with everything that's been going on recently as far as you know, the questions of whether or not college players should be getting paid. Are they going to be getting some other kind of compensation? There's lawsuits. Uh, they're kind of NCAA is kind of under the crosshairs right now. I got to think losing March Madness is a really big blow for them. Uh, you know, as far as the NBA and the NHL, I, I think probably the NBA is a little bit more stable, uh, certainly with, with the viewership and I'm sure the money generated. I think the NHL is in a good spot. I feel like, you know, both leagues are certainly going to be able to withstand this and not really take much of a hit. Uh, but for me, I think the NCAA tournament, that's a big one. I mean, just the amount of money that's gambled on that tournament alone uh, and the, the interest that's generated there, uh, that's a huge blow for them. I think MLB are winners as well, E, because they don't have to talk about the cheating. No. Well, you, you, you know who's, yeah. You know who's that the – That story went away quickly, huh? <laughs> it did. Uh, I, I, think, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest league that's going to be affected by this are the sports books in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you look at the empty – you know, yeah. the, the – 
sports books and there's just nothing on the betting line, the, the boards are completely empty. That's a pretty uh, eerie feeling to see that. Yep, strange days indeed. Strange days indeed. Uh, Bernsey, be hell, uh, be well, my friend. Uh, stay healthy, and uh, we'll have to probably tap on, tap into you again at some point here as this pause continues. But uh, be well, you and your wife. All right. Yeah, I've got plenty of time, guys. So feel free to <laughs> you know chime in or call in anytime you need to, and uh, stay safe, guys. Right. Thanks, Bernsey. All right, that's uh, Brian Burns from TampaBayLightning.com. Let's go ahead and take our second break. You're listening to this special edition of Quarantine Lightning Radio, uh, Lightning Power Play Radio here. We'll be back with myself and Greg Linelli right after this. Can't get enough lightning talk? Log on to lightninginsider.com for more puck pontification. Oh, if, 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 uh, if, if, uh, if, yeah, if we... Oh, if, oh, look, it's quite simple. More Lightning Lunch with Eric Erlinson on Lightning Power Play. All right, welcome back to this quarantined version of Lightning Power Play. Myself and Greg Lanelli here have you covered uh, up until the top of the hour. We're going to be joined here in about 10 minutes by Dan Harajan, who is a contributor to my site at lightninginsider.com. And, Greg, before we get into the topic that you brought up with Bernsey there at the end, just a couple things to pass along to people that have been updated since yesterday. The St. Pete Grand Prix, which was scheduled to go on with nobody in attendance, has now been canceled. This is the big one to me, Greg, outside of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson being diagnosed with the coronavirus. The Masters has been postponed. A tradition like any other has been postponed. So the Masters will not take place. Uh, obviously, all the um, PGA events, including the TPC that was taking place up in Jacksonville, uh, canceled. Uh, so in addition to all the sports league, now you're starting to see everything associated with sports closed down. And then the other big one, the Los Angeles School District is closing down all 900 of their schools. So uh, just crazy, crazy times indeed. It is, and I'm wondering for everybody out there, are you staying hunkered in? Are you going out? Are you living your life? There are some people that have said, all right, you know what? I'm going to go out and do my thing, and um, you know, if this really is the flu, we'll be okay. We'll get through it. Um, you know, I can't say it's tempered me too much, E. I mean, I go to the gym, and man, maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know. Um, but, Clean you know, the equipment, Greg. We're cleaning all the equipment. Um, you know, if I got to go to the store, I go to the store. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe am I carrying a few extra wipes? Yeah. Probably. Hand sanitizer. But you know what's interesting? You mentioned Tom Hanks um, and his wife. I actually think that can be a really positive thing for people because now you yeah. you have somebody who is as famous as Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Yep. And you can kind of follow now how they're feeling. I mean, they can kind of give you uh, in, in real time how things are, are going for them. And I, I guess apparently – they feel like, you know, it wasn't as bad and, um, you know, things are okay for them. But I think it's it'll be interesting to watch, you know, how they progress through this. Yeah, and that puts a, puts, uh, puts a public face on everything too, right? And Exactly. And kudos, exactly. kudos for them to be in, for being open about it, for uh, communicating with people. And this is, one of, this is one of the benefits of social media. There's a lot of downside to it, obviously. But this is one of the benefits of it, that you can connect directly with somebody like them 
you know, so they were very open on their Instagram account and said, hey, we have it. This is what we're doing. This is what the doctors are telling us. We'll be fine. You saw, I don't know if anybody saw the video from his son, uh, their son that they put out on his t feed the other day. And then the picture of them, I think that was even key last night, was the picture of them on the Instagram feed uh, and then hitting out with the tagline that there's no crying in baseball. So, um, yeah, I, I think that actually is helpful. It kind of helpfully hopefully calm some people down that this is not it's not a death sentence i mean that's the thing we have to kind of keep clear here right that this virus is not a death sentence it's just th this whole idea of shutting all this stuff down is not because they're so afraid of people dying they're just so afraid of it spreading so fast they can't keep up to keep you know to find a cure and everything like that. to me that's the biggest thing about when we talk about Everything that's being canceled is because they just want to try and get this thing under control, uh, let the uh, hospitals and everything else be able to deal with it and not get overcrowded, and at the same time, give the, the doctors and the scientists the opportunity to find a way to find a, uh, uh, an antidote or um, you know a vaccine for this moving forward. And you know, uh, to me, that's the biggest keys in all of this. Well, you know what the other thing, too, is that causes panic is that you individually might not be too scared about this virus. I'm not either. But when you have a herd mentality and the people around you are panicking, yep. you have a tendency to panic. And so this is why I think you're seeing a lot of people run out and get toilet paper. Yeah. I mean, I don't you know, at the end of the day, are you going to yeah, eat toilet paper? <laughs> I mean, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? Like, but when you see like everybody in your neighborhood that's going out and get it, you're starting to think, you know, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Do I need to go out and get it? I mean, that's that's kind of the herd mentality that I think we are seeing right now with people who otherwise in a normal situation probably would be fine, but everybody else around them is doing these things, and now you, you say to yourself, maybe I should be doing them too. I saw uh, a funny tweet yesterday from somebody that, you know, and this stuff just shows up in your, in your timeline that – uh, they had a, a sort of a craving for black beans. So they went to the, the grocery store, was going to make black beans and rice, and nobody had black beans. She says, is this why all of you are running out and getting toilet paper because you're buying all these black beans? So, um, you know, just to put some uh, humor into the situation <laughs> uh, there. So, um, hey, to get us back on topic a little bit, you, you, yeah. you brought it up there with Bernsey at the end about which sports or, or which league sort of, uh, is is hurt more by this? I and think throw the Masters in there too because that's yeah, huge. Th that's th absolutely. I mean, that's been run the same weekend of April for how many years? And mm -hmm. you know, you think of how uh, old school the Masters is run and everything. But in terms of the sports leagues, first of all, with hockey, we've seen fans come back from two recent lockouts. And if you want to go back even to ninety four, ninety five, the strike shortened season. So the the National Hockey League has been through this, uh, sadly for the wrong reasons, but they've been through a situation before where fans have not been able to get their hockey fix, and they've come back, and uh, certainly since the 04 or the 12-13, they've come back really strong, uh, and I think that's a testament to the passion of NHL fans. Uh, I think the one, the league that has hurt the most by this is MLB because their numbers were already declining uh, in attendance. Um, the Astros scandal, and sure, we're not talking about it as much now because of all this, but it's still there, and people are turned off by it, uh, and now they're not going to have their stadiums filled for who knows how long. Uh, I think Major League Baseball is the one that suffers the most from this. And some would say that's not a bad thing, considering what uh, has gone on with that sport over the last 25 years when you go from the steroid scandal to this to 
uh, the Astros. I mean, it's just, it's been a black eye for baseball for quite some time. And attendance has been a problem. And I actually think getting the younger generation to go to games because it's so long has been a big-time issue for Major League Baseball. So maybe Major League Baseball, this was the final straw, so to speak, where you have to hit rock, rock bottom before you can get back to the, the top. And I would agree with you. I think baseball um, could be in some big, big trouble after this coronavirus situation is, is saved. I will say, though, I think hockey – look, every sports league is going to take a hit. I think for hockey, this is the time of year where people who aren't fans watch. Yeah. And if you take the playoffs away, and again, I don't think they will, but as we said, the longer it goes, there's a chance. You know, people want to see that intensity uh, for two months. And if that is taken away in any capacity, you know, unfortunately, I think for the NHL, you lose, you lose a little bit of what separates you from other sports leagues. And maybe it prevents you from picking up uh, some more fans. I don't know if that's true. Um, you know, I don't know if if uh, hockey, you feel like uh, there's maybe a ceiling with how many people will be interested in it, but then again, it continues to grow in states where they aren't traditional hockey markets, and you know those are good things like Austin Matthews and, and where he came from. So um, I, I think it will hurt them slightly. I do think the NCAA tournament, I mean, let's face it, there are a lot of people that don't watch college basketball, but everybody fills out a bracket, Yep. right? Yep. And to take that away, and I think especially get into the drama of, college athletes, senior year, maybe you get into the tournament for the first time, and now you won't be able to play. You know, that's that can be difficult for yeah. sure. Well, it'll be interesting to see if the NCAA handles that, uh, maybe give some of these players an, uh, an extra year of eligibility. Uh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of interesting things to kind of deal with on the NCAA's part, and we know that they can be kind of sticky with a lot of that um, moving forward. So we'll have to see. We, we do have um, – Something that came in from Kevin, and we touched on it a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share this from Kevin, not, not my son, Kevin. Uh, based on the suspension of the various leagues and the timetables that are following, do you think we're looking at using current standards to determine playoff seeds and jumping straight to playoffs in late April, early May? We talked about that a little bit. Um, I, I, I think you have to give, uh, again, depending on the timing, that you're going to have to give the players at least a week to kind of get uh, like a mini training camp if you will, and then go from there. Uh, probably the best course of action is going to be just go one through eight right now. And, you know, the, the teams like the Islanders are going to put their hands up and say, well, wait a minute, we got two games in hand on such and such team. Why don't we have an opportunity to get in? Uh, and that's where it gets complicated. But um, these are strange times indeed in terms of trying to deal with this whole scenario. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a good point. I think for me, you give the players some time to get back in shape. And then I think what's fair is that you allow the teams who are knocking on the door to get into the playoffs an opportunity to, to get in, whether it's a playing game, whether it's best of three, and then you get back on track and you, you have your playoffs. So, again, I think you and I talked about it on my show the other day. I know you discussed it as well. There's not a, um, a book to read on this. So no. you, you kind of have to make it up as you go. But I think everybody's going to be willing to give you a bit of a pass understanding the circumstances the league's dealing with. And I think just as long as you think about it for a little bit and get people's input, if this is the best decision you come up with, having a little bit of a round-robin tournament before the, the playoffs actually start, then I think everybody can at least accept that and appreciate it. Yep. 
All right, let's go ahead and take uh, another break here uh, on this uh, quarantined version of Lightning Power Play. I am Eric Rollinson. He is Greg Lanelli, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Dan Harajan, who is a frequent contributor to my case. Uh, Greg had a chance to catch up with him a little bit earlier. So we'll hear from Greg when we come back right after this. All right, it is a special Lightning Power Play edition uh, during Lightning Lunch. Eric Erlinson, Greg Lanelli with you. I had a chance to catch up with Dan Harajan late last night and wanted to replay it for you guys today as we still try and make sense of what's happening in the sports in hand, world and uh, everything is shut down or put on pause, as Gary Bettman said in his statement yesterday. Uh, to the public, but uh, Dan Harajan from LightningInsider.com is with us here. And uh, Dan, what did you make of everything? Uh, I mean, in light of what other sports leagues were doing, to me it was really a no-brainer that the NHL had to act. I think the question just becomes how long until uh, they remain out. Yeah, that's a million-dollar question. But, you know, when I guess I was holding out some hope because when the NCAA announced that they were going to continue with the March Madness tournament with their tournament that I thought with without spectators, I thought, I'm well, still here. you know, obviously that's not ideal hmm. if you're an NHL owner, can you but your at the same time, the season yeah, can continue. But I think there's such a, such a uh, correlation between the NBA and the NHL for one thing, they utilize a lot of the same arenas and stadiums. So, as a matter of fact, Greg, Sunday when the Lightning played in Detroit, I can hear you. you can hear Eric. Less than 24 hours I could after hear her. the Pistons he can't hear me. the Utah Jazz. Now, we know that uh, the Utah Jazz, is they have two players no, that have yeah. been confirmed as having contracted the coronavirus. So, here are the Lightning players going into yeah, the same hear me, but arena hear less right? than 24 hours after that happened. So because I think both leagues utilize a lot of the same arenas, it wasn't all that surprising to hear earlier today that the NHL has decided to at least for now suspend the season. What do you make of the situation in terms of what they possibly could do once they resume or – if they don't resume, I guess the question really becomes, Dan, do you think, and I'm asking you to project, do you think the NHL just completely closes up the season and we start fresh next year? I mean, Gary Bettman said in the statement today, I think the hope is to resume play and, you know, get a Stanley Cup winner. But do you feel like the longer it goes, the harder that is to do? Oh, of course, because, you know, obviously Gary Bettman and the Board of Governors during their call early this morning, they have what I would call, uh, for lack of a better term, a tipping point, a tipping point at which, and there's probably several contingencies. For example, they could try to play out the remaining dozen or so games or less for each team at some point in time and then go continue on with the playoffs. They could start the playoffs at some point in the near future, or they could you know, just shut down the season altogether. And I think whatever whatever was discussed in the, the conference call with the Board of Governors today, they decided, you know, what 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 are some drop dead dates for for 
that to happen for each of those contingencies to occur. So it's a, it's a waiting game at this point. Um, you know, I, I Tom Hanks maybe I'm overly optimistic, the, the, but the... I do I do see that at some point, in some fashion, the the league is going to um, attempt to again, based on the the severity of what happens, and that's the big Nostro unknown. Uh, I think that if at all possible, the uh, NHL is going Australian to uh, attempt to to finish the season uh, in some shape or form. Dan Hare, John from LightningInsider.com, joins us here on Lightning Lunch, right here on Lightning Power Play. Does this help the Lightning if they do resume play and the maybe season is delayed? I mean, I guess you could look at it, Dan, and say, you know what, Stamkos maybe comes back in the first round. Victor Hedman would be somewhat fresh. Do you buy that? Well, you know, anytime that a player can can recuperate, um, and and in this case, without any games being played, I think that's a bon that bonus, whatever it is for the Lightning, that that holds true for every NHL team, because this time of year, after playing seventy or so games, every team has players that are banged up. It's a it. You know the 82 game regular season. You know I'm fond of calling it a marathon, but it's a marathon where physically sometimes you're getting the crap beat out of you every game, and so it's it you're it takes its toll physically on players, and and all of the players get a chance to rest. You know provided that that at some point, hopefully in the near future, the the season resumes. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting just watching this dynamic unfold. We really have never been through something like this. Dan, you're a couple years older than I am. Have you ever experienced anything like this covering and watching sports? No, you know, the, the, and, and I know I've got a few years on you. <laughs> I don't actually recall this, but when President Kennedy was assassinated, the NFL uh made a decision to to not play the games that following Sunday and right. I think that 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 was a level you know I, I I'm trying to remember at 911 yeah I, I think if I'm not mistaken I think uh, uh, the games went on but there were obviously uh, you know and that was part of of the mentality that just you know it, we always talk about 911 as as a point in time where where everybody in this country came together. And if I if I remember correctly, I think President Bush said, you know, we have to go about our business because, you know, we can't we can't show that this this is that our country comes to a, a complete shutdown over something like this. So but, yeah, I mean, think about that, the assassination of a president or the worst terrorist attack in our country's history. And that's what I'm comparing this to uh, only in terms of. The fact that, you know, uh, after the NHL made their announcement, Major League Baseball also is suspending their season indefinitely to have the major sports that are active right now all come to a halt. And we're not even talking about the NCAA tournament where now they've canceled that, uh, you know, the even locally here, uh, St. Pete was going to have a Grand Prix uh, race this weekend. And and uh, I think I heard uh, uh, the mayor of St. Pete 
say earlier today that uh, they were closing it to the public. So, yeah, to have this wide uh, um, a range of of just shutting down what many Americans come to view as their their leisure time, you know, watching sports is huge. Is a huge uh, industry here in this in the country. So to to have it all simultaneously all come to a halt, it's uh, yeah. No, I don't believe that that we've ever experienced anything like this. So two more questions for you. One is a little more outside of sports. The other one is uh, regarding the, the playoff structure when play does resume, assuming it does. Do you think more people are panicked? about this coronavirus because it's called exactly that. It's the coronavirus and that the swine flu a few years back, you know, obviously there were more fatalities, but we were able to maybe deal with it better from a temperament standpoint because flu was attached to swine. This Mm -hmm. isn't. It's something we've never heard of. And while maybe from the symptoms you're reading – Maybe they're, they aren't as awful as some would indicate. For instance, I was talking to a doctor friend today, and, and he basically came out and said that it's nothing more than the flu. Now, you've heard different reports from different doctors, but um, you know I respect this person's medical opinion, and he thinks that you know this will pass and everybody will be fine. Do you think it has something to do with how it's worded, maybe, that's freaking people out, that it's coronavirus and you know when you heard you know, swine me, flu you were like all right it's the flu and um, i'm gonna be okay right and you know what that's a great point because because what your doctor friend said to you just going on the cdc website and trying to looking at i saw earlier today uh, a comparison chart with the let's call it the covid 19 uh, yes. uh, what did you say? Against the flu and the common cold. Eric said it's never a great so point. There's so many similar symptoms. That, oh, I make it. Greg and says nothing only when he like makes it. out of the ordinary for the coronavirus in relationship to to the the regular to to the flu. I think the, the yeah, I think you're right. I think sometimes the messaging. Uh, tries to instill. It's the only reason why Dan have on. He, he well, agrees with me. What ends up happening with some some people is is it brings about fear, and I, I, you know the only thing I'm trying to do for myself is try to inform myself as much as I can, because you know between you and I and everybody listening, I'm not that concerned about it. I'm concerned about the ramifications of it. Uh, if if the containment plans don't work the way the way they anticipate, and then this thing gets dragged out longer. But I, you know, I told somebody today. I said I think in in six to nine months there will be a vaccine, and I think just people have to they have to hunker down and why I, I mean I know it sounds like a broken record, but wash your hands. And and be smart, you know. Whenever uh, whenever you come out in from the outside, wash your hands. Be you know, try to not put yourself in a in a situation where there's hundreds or more people, uh, because one of them may unknowingly have it, 
and you don't want to come into contact with that, that uh, social distancing that they're talking about. I think that's, if people are smart, I think it's this thing, at some point it's going to reach, it's going to level off. It's uh, the hysteria that seems to be attached with this. And I applaud the NHL and the NBA and Major League Baseball because, you know, for, for their particular events, you're talking about, you know, 20 and in, in baseball's case, 30 or 40,000 people in one, one, uh, relatively small area. And, and I think it's, I think it's proactive. I don't think it's, it's, it doesn't feel, uh, reactive to me. I think it's more proactive and I applaud that because I think that, that overall is, is the right thing for the country. Yeah, I'm, I think, you know, for a lot of people, we're going to look back on this and it's not going to be so much about the health of everybody. It's going to be the health of the economy. <laughs> it basically is crashing wow. right now, which I think is having the adverse effect. But that's, you know, that's that's going to be for another topic. You and I can have fun discussing that <laughs> uh, off the air. Sure. Dan, lastly, and we're here with Dan Harajan from LightningInsider.com. Elliot Friedman had an interesting take. In other words, if the playoffs, let's say, start right when play resumes and they bypass the remaining games on the schedule, that maybe the three or four teams that are on the outside looking in that are only a couple of points out of a playoff spot, maybe you, for this year, make an exception. They play, and it's more of like a round robin. Those teams play each other, maybe a one-game playoff or best of three, and then you get back to one through eight. It's not a perfect scenario for sure, as Eric Rollins and I were talking about it yesterday and today. You know, there's no book on how to go about and to go about reading and and implement a, a sound strategy. I think you're you're making decisions on the fly and and hoping for the best. But what do you make of that? If um, they bypass the rest of the games in the regular season, go to the playoffs. How would you go about trying to make it a a fair process? Well, you know. I was thinking about that all day and I thought, you know what? I tried to put myself in a position of a fan of one of the teams that is, you know, within striking distance of that final spot. And we've got several teams in both conferences that fit that description. The league would have to decide, okay, what's the minimum amount of points that a team must need? Or do they go all the way to, you know, how many teams are we talking about in this, round robin tournament it can't be because a one game oh my sudden death that would be very tough to take where does it go you know what stadium does it go to i guess the team with the higher amount of points they would they would get home ice but maybe they're playing in front of no fans because of this because of this thing i don't know they have to make whatever it is there's going to be whatever decision that the league makes there's going to be some teams and some fans that are not going to be happy with this because I'll, I'll give you an example. The New York Rangers have been on fire lately and they've gone from, you know, in the last two, three, four weeks, they've gone from a team that I thought was possibly getting, you know, one of the top picks in the draft to on the doorstep of that eighth and final spot, wildcard spot in the Eastern conference. I don't believe they're there yet, but they're, they're knocking on the door do you shut that team out of it? I don't know. I mean, if I'm if I'm a Ranger fan or, or even a Ranger player, man, that has got to hurt because, you know, conventional wisdom says the teams that peak at this specifically at this time of the year. Look at Columbus last year. They had to win 11 of their last 13 games. 
the Rangers aren't even getting a chance to play those final 13 games or so because of because of this. That'd be a tough thing to take, and frankly, it'd be a tough decision. I wouldn't want to be the person in the league that would have to come up three-game playoff with there's two teams in each conference and like a, a play-in, to borrow the March Madness term. Maybe a play-in, I guess I could see that, or they could just say, look, the regular season unfortunately came to an, end, a, a, an abrupt end, and it, the teams that are top eight, those are the ones that are going into the playoffs. I think a lot depends on what, what time we're talking about. I mean, if, if this suspended league play goes on two, three, four weeks, at that point in time, we'd be talking about the playoffs already. So, you know, again, a lot depends on what the league is looking for to begin resuming resume play from the standpoint of the virus. Then they have to decide, okay, where do we go from here? Like you said, finish the regular season, do a play in for the final spot. I don't know. It's obviously going to be very unconventional in a lot of ways. Well, we're going to figure it out all together, Dan. Appreciate the time, and uh, we may be doing it again next week. We'll keep you posted. Sounds good. All right, there he goes. That's Dan Harajan from lightninginsider.com. I caught up with him uh, last night, E, and everybody trying to wrap their head around what's going on, but you know, I, you and I have discussed for the last hour uh, some interesting topics, and we're going to continue to do that next week. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to take a while for all of this to kind of sink in and, and the realization of, of, you know, what the void is, not just in, in the NHL and in the entire sports world. So, uh, But we'll we'll find topics and we'll get some interesting kind of ideas that we've floated around that uh, we'll share with uh, guests next week and, and listeners next week, and uh, we'll have a good time. We'll get through this. We won't abandon anybody. We'll be here for them. We may abandon Connor, but, you know, <laughs> that usually happens, and he's okay with that. I kid. I, I kid. I don't even know what to say to that. I know. Well, with that, we will end the show. Uh, thanks to Connor Zelinsky for producing, as always. Thanks to Dan Harajan. You heard right there. Brian Burns. And E, it was fun doing it again. We'll make sure we listen to you uh, next week with myself and read you at lightninginsider.com. All right. Thanks, Greg. See everybody next week. All right, everybody. You've been listening to a special edition of Lightning Power Play.